This is the Real Leadership Podcast, a conversation about getting authentic, being yourself, and not being afraid of who you are, with Mark LeBusk and Kate Bora. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kate Bora, founder and CEO of Young Professional Women, and I'm delighted to be joined by Mark LeBusk, the human manager. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, Kate. How are you going? Yeah, really, really well. So exciting topic for us today, Mark, all about growing your network, something that we know is really important, but I guess... It'd be useful, let's to start, I guess, to talk about a little bit about the concept of network. I know when I was in corporate, I was very clear about sort of doing my job and if I happened to you know, need to partner with someone or came across someone in, in the work that I was doing, you know, I'd naturally start to build relationships um, with those people. But certainly the concept of perhaps going out and, and really proactively building my network, consciously choosing who I wanted to connect with for a whole host of reasons wasn't something that was in my remit. So I'm interested to hear your experience around, I guess, networking context of um, your corporate experience, but then also how that's evolved over time. Thanks, Kate. Look, very similar to you, I think, in my time in corporate. I had a real aversion to networking because, uh, in my mind, networking was somewhere where you went to a function at six o'clock at night, had a couple of champagnes, gave someone a business card, and then really that was it. And um, I thought it was a bit of a waste of time. And um, so I didn't spend a lot of time doing it in the corporate uh, environment until I was told um, as part of one of my reviews that I was a lousy networker. And it started to get me thinking about, you know, why is networking or creating networks important? So I sort of started along the lines of you of only creating networks when um, I thought it was going to help me get some work done. But over time, I started to realise the power of networking from a couple of reasons, one being a very powerful learning opportunity. Um, the second one is around building some relationships with with other people. And, and I guess thirdly is starting to get feedback from, from people about yourself and how you might be performing or, or going within the work you're doing. So, you know, I find networking is a really powerful way to enhance your business success. Yeah, absolutely. And, and professional success, I think that's an important reframe when we look at, you know, for what purpose am I doing this? And I know personally... I, I remember when I was sort of at a very interesting career crossroads and I was talking with a colleague who, she was actually a recruiter, who had been in my world for a little bit and, and I guess was getting some really good career advice. And, and it was then that we started to have this conversation around network and I was very conscious that I hadn't been particularly proactive. But that reframe, um, I think I've always approached networking with a desire to help and certainly when I work with clients around how are they approaching um, networking what does it look like really that that it's a conversation so particularly you know the the networking events that you talk about you know I, I did my fair share of those and had a similar experience to you it can be interesting it's often something that puts people off the concept of networking or growing their network is um, experiences like that but I think when you can start to reframe it is I'm, I'm going out, I'm going to connect with some people, you know, and have a really good conversation and an interesting conversation and whatever that, you know, that may resonate and we may continue to stay in touch after that. There'll be people, of course, though, that perhaps you'll meet that you'll never talk to again and that, that that's okay. And I think that's the important piece. It's really just about having conversations, building connections and where there's a resonance then actually continuing in that conversation and, and transitioning that into a relationship of some sorts, but perhaps not having any 
definitive view of, of what that might mean, what you may get as a function of that relationship or perhaps how you may help that other person. Yeah, look, I think uh, you make a great point around what you may get or what you may give. And I think early on I could pretty much say that my um, approach was what am I going to get out of this? So it was about me, it was about how it might benefit me, whether it be some information that would be useful for me or maybe, you know, someone who could introduce me into somebody else that could make my work easier to, to get through. So I think that reframe for me and what was critical was that I think networking is about giving and receiving and I think that putting giving what you're going to give or the gift you're going to give to someone at the front and centre of what you're doing is really critical and that's that's why I think I was put off by it in the end because I was always expecting to get something and I think I was let down so I decided that it became a waste of time. Let's talk about, you mentioned learning relationships fever um, as sort of, you know, three really key pieces to the value of networks. Have you got some examples? I know, I mean, I've got um, a few I can share and, and I think particularly as we look to the future of work, you know, there's lots of discussion around what the workplace will look like in five years' time, far beyond, you know, how what sort of desk we sit at, but in terms of the nature of work and all those sorts of things, the change, technological change and what that means for work. Where, where do you think, you know, the learning and the relationships piece sits? Certainly, you know, in uh, my networks, I have after now, you know, seven years of really consciously building my network, you know, I have a very rich network, which I'm very grateful for, but again, built very much on service, not so much on, you know, what can you do for me? Yeah. That piece of the need for relationships to be successful professionally going forward beyond your organisation, the need to have people outside your organisation who can support your learning going forward. Talk, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yep, certainly. So let me start with relationships. And I think, um, the greatest examples I can give would be, I think, when I'm working with people today um, who are working in large projects and, and maybe project management in itself, what they tend to find is that the project gets to a, a critical point where there's a breakdown and it's usually around, you know, you've got a couple of different opinions in the room and all of a sudden it has to get escalated. They get through that but nobody feels really fulfilled with the work they're doing. And I reckon I can trace that back into networking for building relationships. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, if you are going to be working with a group of people that you don't know all that well, or some of them, spend a bit of time at the start of that process and just getting to know each other and, and building a relationship. And it, it's a bit like you and I, Kate, meeting, you know, maybe five or six years ago now. You know, we didn't start out just talking about business. We we talked about each other and we found out a bit about our backstories and and what you start to find is you've got commonality with people. Now, that is critical, I think, when you get to those dicey situations in work you're doing, that if you know the person a bit more as a human being, as a person, I think you find that you get through that work a lot easier than what you would if you didn't, if it was simply just a relationship built around technical know-how. So I think relationships are really important. And look, as a species, we want to belong. We have a great sense to socially belong and we have a great sense to tell stories about ourselves and share those stories with others. So I think the first point around networking is building those relationships and then that goes into learning. What I mean by that is there's a, there's a, there's a couple of parts to this. One is learning about that other person 
and, and again, about their backstory and maybe finding out some commonalities that, that you have there. And also I think it helps with just, you know, building some empathy for that person as well. And the second part of it is is that pure learning around, you know, just knowledge and perhaps just picking up some things you weren't quite sure of. Um, you might be sitting down with someone who has been through an experience that you're about to go through. They can share with you how they handled that. So what I would suggest is that you start with that whole piece around, you know, getting to know people first, the personal piece, and then you use that as a vehicle to start to use it as a learning experience as well. Um, rather than just thinking, oh, look, I had a meeting, it didn't go so well, and I'm not sure if we're going to catch up again. I'd say just sort of sit there, be patient, and continue to ask questions. Yeah, yeah, good point. And I think that piece, you know, the extension of the learning is, particularly if you're building relationships with people in your industry who do a similar role but in a different organisation, the ability to bounce ideas off those people to see how they have approached things in their organisation and perhaps, you know, depending on confidentiality and things like that, the ability to share resources so that you're not constantly reinventing the wheel, that you're actually building and sharing and, and collaborating in the development of things. And, you know, you know many minds make light work and I think that there's something really powerful in that and relationship builds as you work on things. So to your point earlier around relationships, I always say to people, particularly if you are looking to build a relationship with a stakeholder, you know, in your organisation or perhaps external, they're looking at, yes, getting to know each other, but is there something that you can do professionally together? Is there a project you can put your hand up that person's working on that you can actually get involved in? It gives you proximity to that person. That means you can build a relationship with that individual um, and at the same time be demonstrating for them to get to know you. And this starts to touch to touch a little bit into personal brand and, you know, the subject of network and personal brand obviously are very linked. I know, Mark, you refer to it as sort of this concept around corporate buzz. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, yep, sure. Look, um, I picked that term up out of a book called Survival of the Savvy and it, it was a really important piece for me because I think I'd had times where um, I thought I knew what others thought about me, as in what my buzz was in the organisation, and, and I had it totally wrong at different times, and, and that does work into your brand. So one of the things I'd strongly recommend any of the listeners to this um, podcast to think about is who are you talking to? Who are you building networks with? Not just those people that you're close with, but who are some other people you can think of right now that could give you some feedback on what, what I call your corporate buzz? And what I mean by that is, how are you seen in the organisation? Um, how are you viewed? What's your brand? What are people saying about you that's going to be useful learning for you rather than, you know, getting what I did many, many years ago when I missed out on a promotion and I got surprised, but I'd find out that, you know, my manager's manager didn't think I was up to the job. Now, I had never had a conversation with them and, and used that as a potential learning opportunity to find out you know, what my buzz was with that person. So sometimes I think it's just worth sitting down and thinking about those four or five people that you should just check in with to see what um, what your buzz is in the organisation. Yeah, great point. And to be quite strategic about what that looks like, I think sometimes we can assume that, like for example, in your scenario, Mark, that our manager is advocating on our behalf up. And sometimes that may or may not be true, but it is useful when, if you can get direct proximity to be able to 
check in, build that relationship. And I think there's an important piece around intentionality here, which is, you know, if you are asking questions around feedback and you need to be, I guess, tactical in how you ask that because particularly if someone has got a message to give you around perhaps, you know, some constructive or developmental feedback, it's not always fun for people to deliver. And so you want to be able to give them permission for honest feedback and also the reason that you want it, that you're not, your purpose is not to feel good about yourself and therefore are aiming for just the good stuff that perhaps you are looking to um, identify gaps or areas to grow or perhaps even just explore how you are perceived or seen in the organisation so that if there are some gaps, you can proactively go about addressing those. So I think two things, give permission for, for honest feedback and then secondly, be really clear and intentional as to why you're asking for feedback so that you make it safe for the other person to be honest with you. Yeah, look, I think that's a, that's a great point around, um, around intention. You know, I, I think these days because... You know, sometimes it is difficult to ask the question just in case you might hear something that you don't want and want to hear. And I think you go into this sort of thing with good intention. The second thing I would um, would say to people is think that you're doing it to help you make some progress as well on something. And then the third one is that, you know, with the feedback you're getting, um, make sure that you take it in a way that the person is doing it in the service of you rather than in the service of themselves. And I think that's why a lot of people are reluctant to build these networks to get this feedback because I think organisationally we lack a maturity to be able to accept what we hear sometimes and it's because we haven't built, which you know could be another topic in itself, built the fitness to be able to give and receive that feedback in, in a networked environment. Yeah, and so I think the important takeaway is don't be defensive when you hear something. Be open. Yeah, absolutely. Hear something that you don't agree with, that's okay purpose of the exercise isn't to get the truth it's to get a perception and then to be able to take that and go okay well that's really interesting how if I step into that person's shoes how might they be experiencing me that way and therefore what could I do differently to change that experience and I think that's you know great point around don't be defensive because it'll be counterintuitive to your outcome. I think the last point I really wanted to make was around this concept of what I call growing your network tree what I mean by that is is that a tree is a growing um, organism. What it will do, it will need to be watered and fertilised and it will need to be continually tended to to make sure that it grows and it's healthy and it should be the same with your network. And one of the things I did back when I was working corporate with my last team was I actually got them to map out their network tree. So effectively on, a, on an A3 sheet is to draw the trunk and then every time they met someone new, add a branch to that tree and, and put the name in there and then have a little bit of a message around why did they do that? Because I think there needs to be, like you said before, Kate, there needs to be intention to it. And what it really did for my people was it allowed them to focus on who were they going to network with, what were they going to receive from that, what were they going to give as a gift. And I saw it as simply as this. If you network with someone a level or two above you, the gift you're giving them is the gift of telling their story. You may be networking at level or below and you might be giving a gift to someone to to help them with something. But just think about if you're going to do this, use that network tree model to to start to capture on a piece of paper how your network is growing. I think that's really, really critical. Yeah, yeah. And I think just to, um, you know, close out with a few bits on the how, which is in terms of talking, I know myself I've reached out if I've been in a new or I've been, I guess, in a new environment, I've reached out to 
some trusted stakeholders and said, look, you know, who is it that you know, I need to get to know, I need to connect with when I'm in a room over the course of the next six months in this particular environment? Um, it would be useful for me to you know, leverage your expertise and your insight and your relationships because they, that particular person was very well networked within that community and I was new to that community, the professional community. So, you know, who is it that I should focus on in terms of making sure that I go up and introduce myself and have a conversation at um, some of the events that I'm attending? So to, to leverage others um, and to ask questions, you can use that same approach in your organisation. You know, even perhaps asking your manager, are there three stakeholders that it would be beneficial for me? And again, be clear about your intention when you're having this conversation because that will define the answer. But, you know, who is there in the organisation that perhaps it would be useful for me to build a relationship, a stronger relationship, you know, perhaps for the purposes of growth, perhaps might just be because there's some synergies between your two divisions that perhaps could be leveraged if the two of you start talking that we may not be able to clearly identify at the moment, but perhaps intuitively we feel that there might be some synergies there. So, you know, leveraging the, the knowledge of others around that. I mean, LinkedIn, you know, we haven't touched on it, you know, it's, an amazing way to build your network. I often encourage clients to um, reach out directly on LinkedIn. You must create a personal message. That is an absolute must. But, you know, they are constantly surprised. I never am, but constantly surprised at how receptive people are, people who they don't even know in terms of reaching out and um, asking connect. I've had clients who are looking at doing just some due diligence around career paths, reaching out and saying, hey, to particular people who have certain titles, no, I'm just looking at wanting to get some information around career paths in our field. Um, would you be open to having a, a conversation on the phone or a quick coffee? And, you know, one client did that with four quite senior executives and within a week she was having a phone conversation and a sit-down chat, a coffee with someone in those fields around that conversation. So super powerful. You'll be surprised at how many yeses you'll get. I think the important piece around LinkedIn is though you do need to follow up. It's not just a fire one email off or one connection request off and expect a yes. It's, you know, there is some nurturing. And and if you do want one, you know, I think the important, the other important thing is if you are looking explicitly for help, then be explicit with that request when you are reaching out. Don't do it in a veiled way. And, you know, we've seen great results. Um, any any others from your side, Mark? Yeah, certainly. It's um, I've just got one right now. I uh I think LinkedIn is a very, very powerful vehicle for creating strong connection. And, you know, one at the moment was I posted an article just last week from an ex-AFL coach around how um, AFL football has changed to the point where, you know, we have to treat the players as people first and players second. And one of my connections sent it on to somebody else who is a former um, Matildas soccer player, I think the most capped Matildas soccer player. And, um, I'm in Sydney next week and, you know, over the last couple of days we've connected and we're going to catch up and we're just going to have a conversation around, you know, what's been the changing nature of sport um, from, you know, you can't have a drink when it's 40 degrees because it's you're not tough enough to these days where, you know, Paul Ruse was very much outlined it, that, you know, we're treating people more like humans. And um, so I'm just curious to know from Heather, who works at Sydney University, runs her own little business as well, and, you know, what has she experienced over over time? And, and she came back to me and said, look, um, I'd really love to understand a little bit more about, you know, what drives you to do this work around um, human management. So that's a great example of the power of, of LinkedIn. The other thing I'd say, Kate, is, you know, sometimes 
I know we, we can get a little bit, I don't know, we get a little bit scared to reach out when we see a fancy title or maybe someone's got more experience or whatever it might be. And I just wanted to make this this last point is that let's go back to the point that we're human first. And regardless of whether you're a CEO or you're a, you know, you're starting out on your on your career pathway, we are all human. We do like to share stories. We do like to help others and we like to belong. So, you know, that time when you're reluctant about hitting that button and sending that message or even um, making your intention really clear, what I would suggest to do is just do it because you might be really surprised about what comes back. Well, Mark, great to chat. A really important subject. You know, you and I could talk about this for hours, I'm sure. Um, but hopefully you guys have got some great tips around where to start when it comes to growing your network. Yep. Thanks, Kate, again. Well, uh, looking forward to the next one. Thanks, Mark. Hey, it's Mark here again. Thanks for listening to our latest episode of The Real Leadership Podcast. If you liked it, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, why not subscribe to iTunes so you can get every episode that comes up in the near future? And in the meantime, check out our websites for young professional women of Australia. Look at